Oh, the blurry photos has always been celebrated as a fine, informative podcast. And like the finest podcasts, it also has listener mail. And it's vintage dated, so we know how long it's been since we were sent. Is Mr. Floor here? He doesn't do anything? <laughs> That's it. Hello! Hey! Welcome to Blurpy Potos. <laughs> Blurpy Potatoes. Yeah. Blurpy Potos. Uh, so our registered trademark fell out. We forgot to get it back in time. And there's yeah. a cyber squatter on it. Now we're Blurpy Potos. <laughs> I wish our trademarks wouldn't last longer. <laughs> trademark. Shut up. I gave Dave yeah. a, uh, a bourbon barrel ale. He slipped me a Mickey. It's <laughs> not fair. And uh, Dave, uh, Dave's used to to drinking beers that the alcohol content is uh, way lower. I kind of like the alcohol content of a diet coke. Yeah, I'm like a glass of Kool Aid. I I do like I I I enjoy some really well made beers, but for the most part, I just like like Miller Lite, man. Just mm-hmm. like like cheap beer, and that's what I drink usually. And I know exactly how to pace that. But uh, Flora gave me beer, and then I, as after I had finished it, I was like, I. He was like, was that beer strong? Yeah. <laughs> what was the alcohol I feel, content? I feel right now really warm, but also that that beer lied to me a little bit. Maybe maybe it wasn't as honest and forthcoming as it could be. What do you think of the uh, conflicts in the Middle East yeah. right now? So, I don't know. So I'm doing pretty good. I hope you guys are doing well. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Uh, Hanukkah, Hanukkah uh, cool Yule, cool Yule, some Kwanzaa in there. Happy uh, Christmas, Happy Christmas! Holy shit! Well played, Flora. <laughs> you are the people's poet, brother. <laughs> so uh, we've got uh, we've got sort of a uh, a stocking a, full of a half a sode. Yeah, does that make yeah, sense? Sure. Um, we unfortunately we we really wanted to get our hundredth episode out before uh the christmas but with our schedules and with holidays i don't have to tell you things get hectic and we really want to take our time with it so yactic. it's going to come out after christmas hectic hectic uh but in the meantime uh, we've got as promised uh scary tales written by you you and one of them by me he me him <laughs> Yeah, and Flora drinks these beers all the time, so he's got no excuse. Um, I wait for podcast days to drink mine. <laughs> and um, <laughs> uh, so we've got some. We got. Uh, we're going to catch up with listener mail. We're going to do some scary stories. I've got a scary story. I've got a story that is scary about my scary stories. <laughs> okay, it's more of a just running apology. Um, and uh, and adventures. Yeah. So let's uh, let's let's dive right into it with the faces book. Yeah, Facebook missives. A, ter- a terrifying tale of Facebook. Look, Facebook messages. Likes, 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 uh, but we're catching up. We're getting it done. Sometimes we'll put them in a pocket so we can pull them out when we Man. want a reminder of how much people love us. <laughs> Our friend Chris uh, hits us up. Uh, and this was a while ago, but we're catching up. So sorry, Chris, for the long silence. Really like my profanity-filled uh, anti-Sandhill crane tirade. 
well, that's what emotion does. <laughs> when you feel something strongly, you probably are going to say the F word a lot. I mean, I think we all know this, right? I mean, that's just, just how well, the world works. I'm, yeah. I'm terrible when I get uh, em- emotional because it's all swears and then my memory turns off. <laughs> blackout mad? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I just get blackout fat in restaurants. Just eat a bunch of stuff that don't remember it. I envy you. <laughs> Blackout fat's real and it's glorious. <laughs> so thank you, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Our friend Mecca Johnzilla from deep in his undersea lair <laughs> uh, ginned up a completely amazing Guns and Rosebud poster for us yeah. for our 2015 world tour. <laughs> <laughs> oh. This is great. Uh, instead of um, actual pistols, it has sleds. <laughs> <laughs> and all the members of Guns and Roses uh, have Orson Welles' face. Uh, Mecca Johnzilla posted it to our timeline on, on Facebook. So when we get our new website, I'm going to have a page de- dedicated exclusively to these amazing, yeah. f***ing amazing fan art things that, that you guys do. And um, until then, if you want to go to our website... That's where you can find this for now. We've discussed this in the past, and we mean it like or, uh, we, we're Facebook doing page. this. Yeah, we're we're going to to condense all of this amazing fan art. You guys are magnificent, and I gotta be honest, like I'm I'm so grateful and happy that it then instantly makes me feel bad for for no reason. You know, like when someone does something really nice for you, and it just for no reason just kind of makes you feel kind of bad. <laughs> That's it. You're well, like, don't say oh. that because they'll stop doing it. No, 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 no. Keep doing it. I deserve to feel bad, but uh, <laughs> no, wait. Sh- no, we feel great. It's it's great. It's it's um, yeah. it's a giggle blush moment. Jesus. You just giggle blush. <laughs> giggle blush. <laughs> giggle blush. Uh, so, so thank you, thank you, Mecca Johnzella. That's you, awesome. Now just go back to wherever you came from. I got my in laws in town. <laughs> Mitsuko, no, 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 no. I wasn't talking to him. No, we're, we're mortal enemies, Mitsuko. I promise. <laughs> we're gonna come back around to, to Mecca Johnzella. Uh, he's got some like we're we're I don't know how would you sort it? I mean, well, we, I'm juggling turkeys right now, so it's like <laughs> we've got yeah, we've got like the the Facebook, and so we're gonna come back to him when it comes time for email times. Facebook's now focusing on Facebook, and mm-hmm. uh, we heard from uh, listener Sean Sean who says uh, he found us through the uh, Diatlov Pass episode. Our biggest crowd pleaser. It's what I tell people to listen to. Have you read Dead Mountain yet, Flora? Uh, I haven't yet. Me neither. That's you know what? That's on my holiday reading yeah. list. We both have copies of it, and we neither of us have read it. So hopefully we will, and then we'll get to discuss it. And and I might even get a wild hair and ask on the author. Oh, that might be fun, dear. Old but we have to read it first. Would you come with me to the spring fling dance of podcast excellence? Uh, Sean says he's since listened to every single podcast of ours, laughed his arse off, cried tears of shame, and even (laughs) felt the cold chill of badgers waiting to strike. (laughs) And he says that uh, the uh, blurry photos has become a requirement for his daily listening and the anticipation to hear our next episode would make Richard Dreyfus blush. Oh, Dreyfus. Come on. on! Because it's fun. And he calls for a Sukolo sound. Is such a thing even possible? Yes, it is. Granted. <laughs> uh, he says he heard he heard rumors we might be forming our own Blurry Photos X-Men team and thought that the first recruit should be 
the badgerine. <laughs> I'm the noisiest at what I do. <laughs> hey, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, there, if there was like a movie adaptation, I would insist that Danny DeVito play the badgerine. <laughs> <laughs> But even though he's balding, he still sticks his hair up on the sides oh, like that. He, exactly. But he mostly just just devours like like buffets. The <laughs> <laughs> badgerine. That's awesome. Uh, he says, keep up the work, the amazing work and know that we have a fan north of the border who raves about the show and even played the suspicion song for his girlfriend. <laughs> Whoa. Thank you very that, much. Yeah, that's uh, that's dedicated. The, and you the mark the, of a true. You uh, rolled the dice fan. with your relationship there. I I, I respect that. Uh, <laughs> and and I'm a big fan of Canada. I don't think I've been any uh, made any secrets about that. That's true. Uh, and he signs it, uh, Sean, the Count of the Gingers. Whoa, hmm. Count Count de Ginger. Yeah, not not the Baron. No, not the Duke. Uh, yeah, not the Earl. <laughs> oh, I don't love gingers. Sean Count de Ginger. I like that. Very nice. Like that Thank you, lot. Sean. Your, your Countness. Uh, we got a, a really. I'm sure uh, you may have heard about this in the news, and if you hadn't, this is worth pointing out. Darren <laughs> made sure to send us a thing that Greenpeace apparently f***ed up the Nazca lines. Oh my god! While to make sure that we knew not to f up our natural resources. Oh my god! Yeah, and I, you know what? When I first uh, heard about this, I was like, "That's a big old um, right. fake article." Yeah, it's too. Yeah, it's too onion esque. Yeah, no way. It actually happened. They set up these uh, tarps to spell out, you know, Greenpeace right uh, loves you or whatever. Time for change. The future is renewable. Greenpeace. And it wasn't like they scratched it in the, the surface like the lines were, but what they did with all their tramping and tromping around to set up these tarps, they put these ugly ass uh, lines yeah. and marks in, in the soil. A or national, the, uh, a world heritage site. <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable. And nobody knows how they got there. Nobody knows because they're supposed to be very well protected. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Nazca lines. No, no. I mean, it could go both ways. I mean, ways. Greenpeace. I mean, you know. Nobody knows how how these, these douche helmets got there. I I just, isn't that just mind-blowing? I, 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 I'll tell you what, I feel bad for them. I feel like- I Who? Mean, Greenpeace? Yeah. And okay. I'll tell you why. All I'll right. tell you why. Tell me why. I think, uh, and it's the same, it's the same kind of uh, opinion I hold for, say, PETA. Foundationally agree with them. I don't think that we are as a species very responsible with this planet. I don't think we think about our actions and I'm glad that there's someone out there saying, Hey, think about your actions. I think that, um, animals do need an advocate and I, I agree with that. And that is the last thing that I have in agreement with them. Right. I think from that point forward, things get off in these crazy weird directions of activism and weird ideology that I just can't agree with. And, and, and this, this, uh, it doesn't take a genius to realize that you're going to create a giant problem when you did this. This was not well thought through. This was, you know, this was, this was people getting caught up in the hype of it and knowing that they're going to make a real big statement. It's going to be Ugh. a huge deal and losing sight of the fact of what it is they are trying to do in the first place. My gosh. I mean, if you want press 
And, and you know, everybody, there's that old saying, uh, any press is good press, you know, bad press is good press, right. you know, whatever. This is not good press. No. This this makes people hate Greenpeace. Right. And and it's, and, and against, and this also, I mean, regardless of where you uh, fall in your opinion of Greenpeace, like this is one of those things that is such a, a perfect story uh, of, of uh, the, the opposition of it, like, Oh, we fucked up a world heritage site while decrying people's um, <laughs> recklessness about yeah. our world heritage. You know, like God, you you really you can't you can't have messed yourself over right. worse than this. So right. sorry, Greenpeace. Uh, all those people should be fired, but you can't because they're all volunteers. Um, I don't know. Put them on. Put them on whaleboat duty for a while. Let let the uh, let There's, the cold southern ocean cool them off for a while. I don't. I don't know how you how you discipline people that you clearly couldn't control in the first place. And I, I'll bet you that like uh, Greenpeace headquarters is like you what, mate? You fucking kidding me? Don't you? Think Are you they, serious? Don't you think there was some somebody in charge that that okayed? No. That I think that there are, it's the same thing with PETA. I think there are people in charge and I think that they have the loosest, if any control over what happens on a regional level. I like, well, I mean, I, that, at least, you know, and that's, maybe that's me throwing them a bone. I hope to God that this didn't make it up to the high council of dark elders of, of Greenpeace in their underground laboratory. I tell you what, and they were like, we ratify this action. Go forth. Uh, and don't forget to bring us all the receipts from Joanne's fabrics for all the giant yellow fabric you'll be buying. They, the, the fabric, <laughs> maybe it's my, my brain tying things together, but the fabric looks like it's in the font that Greenpeace uses. It is. It is. Well, it's, it's block. And then for Greenpeace, they used their trademark font. Yeah. They put the time in. They, they did it the way that they do it. So... I don't know. I don't know. Well, uh, maybe I'm being too apologetic on their behalf by saying no. They couldn't have known of this because this, this just stinks of bad idea right up front. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like saying it's like burning the word Greenpeace into a nature preserve. <laughs> like, wh- why would you do that? <laughs> it's like salting the word Greenpeace yeah. into uh, the I'm, last wheat field. I'm th- I'm going to throw the red paint directly onto the polar bear. <laughs> <laughs> so so that everyone knows how 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 irresponsible we treat polar bears right. you know like i don't know i don't yeah. it's a but uh thanks darren yeah thanks for bringing that up That's, yeah oh what a <laughs> it's funny <laughs> ha 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 Ooh. we heard from uh oh jimmy oh jenny jimmy i missed you jimmy jimmy of the podcast jimmy, give us a hug oh jimmy. give us a hug uh where you been jimmy <laughs> <laughs> the, the bad luck eye of the little yellow god. That is the Danger Mouse episode. <laughs> With Penfold. He sent us a uh, donation for a penalty box immunity for the duration of one week. Whoa. And he says, I've please use it. I've got a golden ticket. <laughs> I've got a golden ticket. <laughs> Just call me Charlie Buckets. You can suck it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he says, use it wisely. Well, we'll, we'll try. Send us some movie suggestions. Number one, Oculus. Oh. Uh, is that the one with Karen Gillan? Is that the mirror one? I can't imagine there's anything with her that I haven't seen, but I think so. It's the haunted mirror one. Haunted mirror one. Yeah, that might be. Yeah, that that 
I think that's on the old watch list. When the girlfriend's uh, not in the room. (laughs) She's going to beat me. Um, (laughs) Number two, Absentia. Have you seen this? I have not heard of that. I haven't heard of this either. Do it. Do it. Do it like uh, Jay Leno. (laughs) You seen this? You seen this? You heard about this? Yeah. Number two, uh, Absentia. (laughs) You guys seen this? You heard about this? Anybody seen this? Anybody anybody seen Absentia? (laughs) Yeesh. Uh, Number three, Snowpiercer. Saw it. Saw it. Hated it. I liked it, except for the ending. One of my favorite things, and I made Flora sit around for like 20 minutes while I queued up this great joke. If you pull up uh, Snowpiercer on Netflix, which it's on Netflix, you Mm want to see, watch it. And it's got like, it's like, you know, Snowpiercer, and it has like, they always show like one still from the movie. Mm -hmm. You could easily take that still and say it was a Wes Anderson movie (laughs) about a rich woman in a family of coal miners. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like it really, it looks like a Wes Anderson film. If That's you just true. look at the picture from Netflix and I was really pleased with that. And I went, I mean, for like 20 minutes, I was like, hold on, wait, how does your Netflix work? <laughs> and then when I was like, there's my joke and Flora and his girlfriend just stared at me. They're like, really? You went through all that for that. <laughs> yes, I did. I liked, I liked the, the movie except for it wasn't even the very end. I'm fine with the mm-hmm. very end of it, but Maybe the um, the last twenty minutes uh, before the very very end, I I I just I don't know. Just it went off the tracks for me. Oh, I I just couldn't I I I don't feel like I was ever uh, on board with the uh, the gen the the initial premise. Yeah, f-er. yeah, I'll fight you. I'll fight you. Um, I didn't like the way the plot conducted itself. You're reaching on that one. <laughs> uh, it's just it, here's the thing. Like it was, it was kind of an interesting premise. It just sort of ran out of steam. <laughs> Damn, we are the worst human beings. We're war criminals. I mean, I don't know who engineered oh. that script, but <laughs> in, in, in the, the wheels came off. What can oh. I say? God, I'm I. The only way for this to stop is if I just stop. I'm stopping. You're just stopping. Yeah. Any <laughs> Jesus, we're the worst people. Oh. Uh, so uh, thanks for the opportunity to have a pun battle. <laughs> anyway, Snowpiercer. Yeah. If you're bored, watch it. You should still watch it. You should still watch it because, I mean, it, it was it was interesting to watch, and I'm glad I saw it. I just, at the end of it, was like, you what, mate? <laughs> he says, get this, Dave. TV show suggestion. Uh-huh. Rick and Morty. I am incandescent with my love for Rick and Morty. It's one of my favorite things in the world. I showed it to Flora. Mm-hmm. We 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 celebrate that show. We do. I actually asked oh, for it. Bitch. <laughs> I actually have it on my Christmas list. I asked for it for my family the first season on DVD. Nice. I want full access to that. And whatever that's one of those things that I enjoy so much. I'm like, whatever extras are on there, I can't wait to get my teeth into. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a Dan Harmon joint. Yep. Animated. And it's kind of like a uh, mad scientist and well, his, um, it's, it's actually, it's, it's a direct result of this running joke that they had about doc Brown and mm-hmm. Marty that doc Brown, you know, like what, what if, what if doc Brown really did travel everywhere? And you know, it's what it's Rick and Morty, doc and Marty. It's, that's mm-hmm. kind of the, the premise of it, except for, uh, imagine doc Brown being this, this, this morally bankrupt, always drunk, lunatic who can travel to any dimension and he just drags this kid along with him and it's just great yeah really funny 
We we really like that. Finally, a useless superpower. Oh! The ability to withstand any stupid movie or TV show without remorse. Whew. I th- oh God! I mean, I think that's what the that's what the CW is begging for. Really, yeah. like they just they're like, please. I'm gonna call that net- Netflixia. <laughs> uh, oh, thank you, Jimmy. Oh, thank you, oh, Jimmy. Jimmy. Oh, sweet Jimmy. Oh, you're good boy, You're good boy. Uh, we got uh, uh, Sean, um, who we've had quite a bit of correspondence with in the last month or so. Uh, Sean recommended um aka spew bag yeah aka the spew bag recommended uh our podcast to pod on pod for review sure which i genuinely can't thank you enough for that that's awesome i'm really glad he did it yeah uh, no it was amazing that that you took the time to do that uh no i i genuinely thank you very much it's always i mean uh, you know we're 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 working on it we want more exposure and sure. and that's how you do it Maybe the pot on pod gents weren't um, sniffing our coffee. They did not like what we were waking and shaking and baking to. Nope. I don't know. Sure didn't. But that's fine because we're way smarter than them. <laughs> and I also can pretty confidently say we could take them in a fight. You know, they show up at our house. It's not going to go well for them, bro. It's not going to go well for them at all, bro. Just That's, that's right. <laughs> bro. If someone, someone doesn't like us, we fight them. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm not saying we're going after them. We never would. I don't care where they are. But if they showed up at my house, I have to defend my territory. <laughs> it's my dojo, bro. Uh, so thank you very much. And uh, Sean wanted to wish us a Merry Krampus. Uh, thanks. Yeah, thank you very much. And uh, and you, thank you. I, it was just the nicest thing in the world for him to put us up for that. And it was, it's, it's all good. Yeah, it's all good. Thank you. Spewbag. 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 One of them spewbags. Is that a Pokemon? Uh, you're not I don't get it not one of them has a stick how you poking what is this uh, it's not one of those sex things is it because I don't like those kids are growing up too fast in Japan all the cartoons everyone's got giant boobies spubic spubic I'm tired heard from uh, a Jeremy Jeremy <laughs> I thought you were going to do the song. And I know. I, I kind of thought about it myself and decided not to because I think Jeremy's in general, just that, you know, they, you don't want uh, Pearl Jam haunting you your whole life. It's like everyone in the world named Mr. Jones has to deal with, with f***ing counting crows until they die. It's not fair. <laughs> Everybody in the world named Annie being asked if they're okay. Right. I, how often does your girlfriend get that? Not as much as he used to. I think that that was a real problem for her for really? a while. Dave just got the look in his eye of, I'm no. bringing it back. <laughs> not. I am not. <laughs> I am not. Do so at your own peril, my I friend. I know. Uh, uh, fun fact, Laura's girlfriend is an extraordinarily skilled martial artist. No bullshit. She is not a woman to be toyed with. Although it's kind of fun to provoke her sometimes. <laughs> just like the dog. Yeah. I'll be struck by a smooth criminal, which is what she calls a roundhouse kick. <laughs> uh, Jeremy has a pun for us. Punt! Says this government agency pretends to do what other agencies do, even dressing up like them. What? It's called LARPA. Uh, LARPA. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, very nice. And all all of the uh, robots and the the weapons that they construct are foam. 
<laughs> They're just fun. I like that. He also has a story for us. Bring it. Said he uh, heard you talking about Green Mountain Falls. Yeah. His grandparents have a cabin in Cascade. Very nice. And um, his parents recently bought a cabin next door in early 2005. That's just up the old Ute Pass. That sounded like a euphemism. It's not. It's <laughs> Ute Pass is. I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> um, compared to his grandparents' cabin, his parents' new cabin was huge. Two stories with a walkout basement. Uh, it was built in the 30s. And because the original owners painted it green, it be- it came to be known as the Blarney Stone. <laughs> and then growing up, his grandmother would tell him stories about the Blarney Stone. She said that in the 60s, one of the guys who lived there killed his best friend in the basement over a money dispute. Whoa. Gunshot to the chest. Oh. She also told them that the body was buried somewhere on the property. Probably in the basement itself. <sighs> That's Blarney. So fast forward 45 years uh, after they bought the Blarney Stone, immediately after purchasing it, the entire extended family embarks to Colorado to help uh, his parents set up the new cabin. They packed up a trailer with some mattresses, beds, and other small items and headed to the cabin. And because they lived in Arizona, it was a very long drive. So when they got there, it was late. And because they were tired, they just grabbed a bunch of the mattresses, threw one in each bedroom right on the floor. How'd that work out for them? They did discover that one of the rooms did have a bed frame left by the previous owners. It was the bedroom in the basement. Not only was there a bed frame, but all the furniture that the previous owners did not want was there. And as he got upstairs, he found all the other bedrooms had been claimed with no couch he was forced to head back down into the basement to sleep. No. Earlier on the drive up, his sister brought up the topic of the shooting, asking if it was true. And their father admitted that their now deceased grandmother had also told him the same story. And he looked into it, said that most of the details were proudly not true, like the body being buried there. But he did confirm that someone was shot and killed in the basement. No. The first night sleeping in the basement, he had the most horrifying dreams he has ever had. He woke up several times in a cold sweat, and while he doesn't remember any of the dreams, he remembers them being scary, terrifying. For the next three nights, he continued to sleep in the basement, not connecting or wanting to connect the basement and his bad dreams. Each night, the dreams returned. The last couple nights, he chose to sleep on the new couch that his parents had purchased, Those last couple of nights were dream-free, and he's been back several times and never hesitate to go down to the basement, unlike his sister, who will never go down there alone. The guest bedroom down there has been decorated and cleaned up, but it remains unoccupied. Or is it? True story, bro. See? True story. You can have horror in Colorado. You can have terror. Thank you, Jeremy. That was an awesome story to share. Yes, thank you, sir. Keeps you keeps you nice and warm on these cold Yule nights. Mm-hmm. I know a better way to stay warm on a cold Yule night. How? <laughs> Hi, I'm Dave Stecco from Blurry Photos. We sure have had a lot of fun over the last couple of years, but tonight I'd like to talk to you about something a little more serious, a little more intimate. You see, 
Every year, there's one longest night of the year, the winter solstice, the Yule. And while they used to be celebrated by a number of different cultures in a number of different ways, it's not getting the attention it used to deserve. So I'd like to propose Christmas. A night for you to take your special gal or girl and, or guy. I don't care if you're into gals or girls or even guys. It's fine. Take him home. Maybe get a bottle of wine. Some egg cream. And then just have a ton of really, really satisfying great sex. Maybe try something new you've always been afraid to. No judgments on Christmas. Just make sure everybody's safe and happy. Have sex all night. Thank you for your time. I've been Dave Stecko. And back to the podcast. That's our new uh, advertiser, Christmas, uh, known in Canada as Saturnalia, owing to international trade laws. <laughs> what else we got? Uh, Cthulhu doth hunger. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With his many tentacles. Looking for sandwiches. Maybe a bit of watercress. Olives. What, really, what's ever, whatever's on the table. Peanuts. Dish of candy. Piggy <laughs> <laughs> <Figgy> pudding. Piggy <laughs> pudding. Uh, he's got a very important fact that he should uh, share with us. Share it. The infamous, uh, the infamous Vlad Tepes, popularly known as Dracula, uh, actually had a lesser known cousin who was mostly content to leave the people alone. As long as he got his taste. Oh. Using his vampiric powers only to fondle the occasional buxom lady, he was, of course, Vlad. I hope I wrote Frightening. that. Up. Yeah, I tried to, to read it as it was written. So. Uh, so thank you for that, Cthulhu Hungers. Also, he wonders uh, why... why we mute Ken during the listener mail portion of our podcast. <laughs> I just have this Wee! rope laying here, <laughs> this duct tape. See, here's the thing. Um, we, especially when it comes to, to getting a, a guest, I say a guest as though we've had any other guest, but Ken, there's no other guest. We don't necessarily get to record them right before they come out. Uh, and so we actually do the, the listener mail portion separately. And we, we keep referring to the fact that Ken is sitting so very quietly just as a joke to ourselves, yeah. because he's, by the time we do the listener mail and edit that part in, he's long gone right. and has been gone for at least a week. <laughs> and, and even if, if we did the listener mail while he was here, I don't know that that would be something he'd be yeah. into. Well, we will ask him next time we see he's, him. He's a very busy man. We don't yeah. want to uh, take up too much of his time. But. Yeah. So, yeah, so we, we're not muting him. He's literally nowhere near us when we do the listener mail. That part, in order to keep it sort of updated and fresh, I, mean, sure. I know with an asterisk because we're a little slow on it, but that we we do that part separately. So yeah, that's There why. you go. I hope you're proud of yourself. Now you get to peek up our skirts and see what's going on. <laughs> it's in the cloud now. <laughs> <laughs> Still hungry, Cthulhu? <laughs> Thank you for writing. <laughs> Next up, we have the Fortean Hive, or uh, Mind, Fortean Mind. Oh, yes. Hive. Uh, <laughs> first off, we would like to establish that we talked it over and we <laughs> all agree that we identify as male. Good to know. Oh, sweet. Good to know. No more, like no more a, need for this hive business. Sounds like a, sounds like a, a four to five split vote. <laughs> that was like a, one guy getting lobbied like, dudes dudes we're gonna go as dudes yeah 
Uh, secondly, he wanted to point out that Stecco dodged a penalty box bullet as his Ooh. error was made on the last episode of Bullstone and therefore free from repercussions. You stated oh, <laughs> that yeah. your favorite alien species were the Cylons from Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Cylons are, in fact, not an alien species, but man-made. Mm, they're not from Earth. They were made on Earth. No, they weren't. They were made on Earth. No, they weren't. And then... They were made on Caprica. <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Sucker. Did you go home and look that no, up? No, I did not. I can't believe the first time we had this discussion, I didn't think of this defense. None of these things happened on Earth. So then the real uh, debate is... What's an alien? <laughs> We, yeah, if mankind <laughs> being mankind and not you know like uh, Vulcans or right Klingons uh, made made them, then what counts? Here's uh, it, this is this is why I define them as aliens because what came back the skin job Cylons were completely as separate as could be from the Cylons that left. They they were a completely new thing with desires and and uh, priorities that no one could fathom. They were completely alien to the people. I'll even if you don't take my they didn't come from earth defense, which is fine. Say they came from humans, they were still aliens. They were aliens in every way you could possibly want to uh hmm. to call it. Okay. We'll, we'll let the listeners decide. Yeah, that. I guess we will. He says rest assured that I, uh, he will level a charge against one of us, when the time is right. Oh, one, one of us. Good. Oh, f- one of us. Yeah. Well, it's going to be me because I just lawyered so hard on a non-charge. He's going to have to nail my ass to the wall. <laughs> uh, and he hates to leave us without a pun, uh, but try as he might, the only one he could think of is not really an episode or topic. On a personal note, he had a dear artist friend by the name of Bob recently pass away. Uh. He was a marvelous painter and a genius with his art. But the other night, he awoke to hear what sounded like brush strokes on a dry canvas. Upon further inspection, he discovered his late friend had returned to paint one last masterpiece. He even signed it, Bob the Hainter. Ah, yeah, Hainting Bob! (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Puns on puns on puns on puns. (laughs) That's beautiful. Nice. Uh, Cheers! That's how you've arrived, Painting Bob. Now now you're in the... The Valhalla. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. All right. We got uh, Crary's hitting us up. Says, gentlemen, long time no right. Uh, really liked our Darren Kuyu episode. Uh, Thanks. And uh, was kind of, uh, was listening to our Cargo Cults episode, but was kind of half asleep on Thanksgiving and what shocked him out of his, his days. The fact that he thought we were both having simultaneously strokes uh, <laughs> trying to pronounce Oceania. Oh, yeah. Oceania? Oceania. Oceania Twain. That's what we settled on. I don't know. See, still can't do it. Uh, and uh, and he also not quite sure how to do it. So thank you very much. And a pun. A pun. Uh, you forgot one important cargo cult. Uh, the one that was only interested in the giant crates marked S on the side. Uh, the crates were filled with snails. That's right. These Epicureans were the S cargo cults. Uh, curry also really 
liked our uh, our Guns and Rosebud from our our Bullstone with uh, Greg Bach. No, no, oh, which we did as well. That is mm, that's going to go down as one of my favorite moments on yeah, the podcast. Might get a T-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was awesome. So thank you very much, Crary. Thanks, Crary. Woo. Yeah. Who's next? I mean, I can't possibly guess. Yeah. You see, the key is to not need the bread too because i i swear he does it on purpose i'm gonna pretend he's not even there because i know he's there i know he's there son of a bitch you know mitsuko mitsuko thinks i'm cheating on her that i did it's oh for god's sake just get out of here get out of here you giant robot yeah 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 do you see what you've done i drink a lot now you know I used to have a great job with, a, with a, the American government. I used to translate on a base. Now I teach cooking classes. I don't think you are sorry. <laughs> Mecca Johnzilla. Coming out of the ocean with a pun, people oh, in the Midwest ooh. have started a cultural phenomenon where one person murders people and then other people pretend to be hitmen. These groups of people are known as Fargo Colts. <laughs> Chipper Shredder. Mecha Johnzilla also hits us with some uh, tech advice on uh, some some of the stuff that was happening with our email. You know how I was saying that oh, the yeah, email yeah, yeah. breaks was... here and there. They're, they're plugins. That's stupid plugins. Yeah. Uh, he gives some really good advice and then says, unless it's a plugin issue. In that case, he doesn't know. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's a plugin issue. But <laughs> that hopefully won't be a problem uh, in the not too distant future once we get new stuff set up anyways thanks for uh, uh writing in the advice though because we always appreciate help always appreciate it thanks Mikajunzala. we've got some excellent communications from julia aka the goat girl goat girl goat girl the darling of Adelaide. <laughs> uh, she uh, completely understands how Paint and Bob can uh, listen to several episodes in a day. I don't. So I'm glad you do. Uh, you guys are the best. And I, I appreciate your dedication to listening and, and wanting to distract yourself while you work all day. Yeah, so yeah, that's true. Uh, but, you know, uh, I, I could not be happier for it. So thank you very, very much for that. And uh, she did come back. She did verify that we can share. Her URL. So we'll be posting that on the website. And also it is Flora. Julia-Robinson.net. Do it. You'll be glad you did. I know we were. Uh, Julia is also uh, working. Uh, she's thinking about doing as a thesis for her master's uh, different myths and folklore surrounding uh, death and resurrection. You know, the death of winter making way for spring. And uh, she asked us if we knew of anything off the top of our head. The one thing I was thinking about is a Scandinavian fear ball. It's F-I-R-B-O-L. And it actually happens. uh, They actually celebrate it up in northern Wisconsin. Uh, It's really neat. Um, Up in Door County, they build build bonfires along the lake. And it's the burning of the winter witch. Uh, And it's this big kind of weekend fun thing. But it's really cool. Lots of bonfires on the lake. And. And also, it sounds kind of scary, Fear Bowl. So, F-I-R-B-O-L. Check that one out. That was just off the top of my head, Joe. Oh, I'm Yo. sorry. I know so much about Scandinavian lore. <laughs> he really is sorry, though. <laughs> Isn't there a uh, Wiccan holiday called Fear Volg? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they were extraordinarily closely related. 
I could be thinking of something else, but she also sent us a, a really great link to, uh, no, actually, I'm sorry. It was a terrible link cause it didn't work. <laughs> a link to her husband's work. looks like he did an 11 by five meter meter timber reconstruction of the, uh, opening crawl for the original star wars which sounds amazing i would very much like to see that so uh, i'll have to maybe see if i can work around a bad link or something here and see what the heck was going on there also how about a pun i'll take it gosh you are just the best goat girl you're covering all the bases (laughs) (laughs) good god uh did you she wanted us to know that she's doing a, a collaboration with diggy toots uh, on an album coming out this spring that's called Bleats and Rhymes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, using her amazing skills of an artist, uh, and we're, we're going to put this stuff up on the website. We should also put it on the Facebook. We can put that. We can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just got this amazing email the other day. She made ads for Flora and I. Oh, yeah. Uh, mine is for uh, a, a very fine... Uh, I believe it, it was supposed to be, uh, it's either triple sec or Prosecco. It's a, it's a really great art nouveau, sort of a, uh, sort of a, a Toulouse Lautrec kind of style, uh, ad, which is amazing. It's got my name in it and everything. We'll put that up. And Flora, you got <laughs> Flora dated water ad <laughs> Flora. It's been in your water since the fifties. <laughs> they are absolutely awesome. We're going to put yeah. those up so everyone can see them. It's on the back. It's, it's the background of my computer now. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much. Goat girl, AKA Julia, the angel of Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> what we got next? Laura heard from Jacques. A Frenchman? Jack. Jack. Jacqueline. Oh. Jack. Jack. Bonjour, Jacques. Jacques. Let's go with Jacques. Jacques. Uh, says, hello, gents. Uh, here are three stecoisms that she would love to see on a t-shirt. Ooh. Number one. This is what a stroke feels like. <laughs> Number two. This is a thing that can happen in science. number three that's the voice that tells me to burn things well i have to say uh giving credit words dude the third one is a quote from ralph wiggum oh (laughs) that's where i see the leprechaun he tells me to burn things (laughs) (laughs) well thank you (laughs) what's uh what's that second one i i can't i don't remember when you said that one oh probably it's just the kind of thing that i would say when discussing something that I don't know that you have no idea about. No, no, you know, like uh, I can, I can see myself using that poorly constructed sentence. <laughs> I see, I see. Well, well, thank you for the uh, suggestions. Yeah. Merci. <laughs> we got a great email from Bob. Bob. Um, uh, interesting for an Australian show topic. I Ooh. like how we're. I mean, you know what? We keep this up. We're gonna have to come visit. That's, That's true. all there is to it. Uh, there's a, a mystery called the Somerton Man mystery. I don't know anything about it at all but uh well, we'll i'm gonna look, look into in, yeah thank you thank you very much bob Let's see what else we got here from you bob uh bob was listening to our our black eyed kids episode i remember that one yeah <laughs> I sh- well i should hope so uh and he pointed out that um obviously black eyed kids lots of d- discussion about eye contact but also um it's you know uh, for some some people with some forms of asperger's or things like that eye contact's a really big problem and so it's i mean obviously you know people who but there's a lot of social stigma attached to eye contact yeah and but there's a lot of completely um normal reasons why people don't make eye contact and things like that which i think is a good point sure 
Yeah, so thank you very much, Bob. Yeah, thanks for pointing that out, Yeah, Bob. and thanks for listening. Rock on, Johnson. <laughs> not Bob, Johnson's not Bob's last name. You'll never find him. You'll never find him. Dave, time to look up to the sky. Arigatou gozaimasu. Lunar Kitty. Lunar Kitty has prepared a... Uh, a delicious dish that that has already been served tonight, but I like the spices in this oh, one man. too. So many, so many different cooks, so many different takes. It, yeah, and and by the time we get to stuff, of course, things are yep. going to double up. So it's it's our bad, our bad. Uh, but Lunar Kitty says, "How about the darkly humorous and cinematic themed cult going on in the frozen Northlands, the Fargo cult?" Oh crap! Oh crap! <laughs> oh crap! Well done. Well yes. done. Well done. Arigato, Luna Kitty. <laughs> Up next, we've got Connor, formerly the artist formerly known as a wordsmith, who has decided for this particular letter he shall be the monkey's paw and or madman. 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 Is he crazy? Is he, is he an ad exec from the 60s? Because <laughs> that redhead. Va, 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 boom. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> uh, lets us know that uh, this time of year pretty busy for him, and the, he's had to uh, uh, bank the fires of the word forge for a little bit. Well, but happens. he still brings holiday cheer and the gifts of super pointless superpowers and even ethiori. Uh, popcorn vision, the ability to cook things with microwave radiation. However, due to the radiation inside the eyes of the individual, depending on the amount of usage, the eyes of the individual burst looking like pop popcorn. This is inevitable. Wow. That is a curse, and not a superpower. <laughs> Your eyes will Super curse. explode. Uh, how about x-ray vision due to the radiation inside the ocular nerves? The individual develops brain cancer. <laughs> Other than that, standard x-ray vision applies. Wow. Jeez. Use it at your risk. Yeah. Yeah. That That is a monkey's paw. That's true. Right in the balls. <laughs> uh, he's got a theory here. With the flood myths, consider that due to the global impact and spread of stories, I believe that they're at an early point in man's existence, a celestial object, even a fraction the size of our moon, could have passed by the Earth at a close enough proximity, uh, oh, to have caused uh, a gravitational pull strong enough to create tidal bulging. Hmm. Hmm. interesting i don't know what the other ramifications would that be like tectonically but yeah okay nice extreme weather all that i think that's a i've never heard that before i've never heard that theory good call i love that thanks connor and uh um connor uh on the on the corn man videos that connor's been looking through uh stop flora stop talking connor (laughs) has been looking through david flora's skillfully made and often hilarious corn man video productions that uh, who feature just about every single improviser in Chicago, <laughs> like it's a, a few. A no, few. no, no. I mean, I honestly think that the Cornman videos are going to be this amazing time capsule of people who are screamingly famous in ten years. Well, that could be true. Those people will all owe you money. One of, one of them already has a uh, a deal in the works at oh, TV yeah. Land. Has worked with Allison Brie. Whoa! So be so looking for that soon. Good on her. Uh, so he had a question about Cornman. Yeah, I wanted to know which which one you were in. Oh yeah, we only got you in one. Uh, it's the women in the workplace video that yeah. that Dave is uh, in. Yeah, I I play the sexist executive. 
bit of a stretch. <laughs> so yeah, it's one of one of the more recent ones, but yeah. we haven't done anything for a long time with that. So yeah, it shouldn't be too hard to find. Yeah, yeah. But thanks for looking. Yeah, thanks, Connor. Got a lot of great show suggestions from you guys. Yeah. Uh, um, we're not going to uh, tell you all about them, but we're we're going to definitely add them to the list. And we do appreciate you sending in show suggestions. Thank you very much. Because yeah. that's, uh, you know, there's there's stuff out there that doesn't get to uh, people, but you know about them from your neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why we do the podcast anyway. Yeah. Those are the ones I like the most. And I actually, uh, Courtney, uh, I think that we even did, I think we even did uh, go over the Bell Witch. Does that sound familiar to you, Florida? Well, crazy. We, uh, Did we you just know discuss what? it briefly and I move on or something? I think we just said the name. Put a slap in, of paint a, on it and left? Yeah, it uh, was... Okay. Uh, God, what, do you, what even was it? So we, it we haven't done it. witchcraft maybe or something like that. Or We we haven't done it properly. Yeah, the name definitely sounds super familiar, so we, we should circle the wagons back around on that one. I even feel like it was something with, with poltergeisty stuff. I don't yeah. know. It, it was... Yeah, it was weird. Whatever episode it was. And and uh, heard again from Josie. Hello, Josie. Josie sends in a, a great suggestion. So, yeah, thank you guys and, and keep that, those up because we do uh, love them and try to get to them. And uh, big thanks to Delurk, listener Delurk. <laughs> um, Deluxe Delurk. Delurk, who has uh, joined us uh, owing to General Ironicus. <laughs> posting a link to us. So, thank you, uh, Delurk, and thank you, Ironicus. And um, he liked uh, Dyatlov Pass. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Dude, everyone loves Dyatlov. It's such a great friggin' mystery of the modern age. You know, once we finish reading Dead Mountain and, you know, we we, we, maybe we circle around. Maybe we do a part two. I think so. I do a post-mortem. Well, I think we do Dyatlov Second Pass. Oh, shit. It's already got a name. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you, Deluke. Thanks for coming aboard, Scott B., as yeah. well, writing in to let us know. We appreciate you, sir. Indeed we do. What else we got in here? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if we have anything else. Oh, my God. Muy excitado. I am overloading the microphones with my excitement because I received a letter from my esteemed amigo, Don Luke. Most estimado Sergeant Garcia. Hola! <laughs> I am writing this letter under some somewhat distressing circumstances. ¿Qué? My faithful steed, Gordenante, is feeling under the weather. No, qué malo! You know, I hate to inconvenience you, my friend. You see, everyone heard right there when he said that he was my friend, so all of you haters who said I was a liar, you all can go to hell. We are friends. <laughs> Amigos. Why have you created this subset of people that hate, hate that you and I are friends? I do not understand. Don't look, you could never understand the twisted mind of a hater. Who are these people that you speak of? They torment me. <laughs> you are always defending your, your friendship. All right. Um, but while he is recovering, would you mind going into town and hiring a temporary replacement horse? I would not at all. It is easy. I mean, I have a good driver's license and uh, my credit history is fine. I give him a credit card. Uh, Por favor, please. 
go to the store where you can get them in bulk. Oh, see, si, see. Si. I believe it's called Cargo Colts. 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 <laughs> it was a joke. I am glad to hear your horse is good. But he was not joking when he said we were friends. Mucho gusto. Oh, those crazy kids. Life on the Hacienda, right? <laughs> right. Sergeant Garcia with his imaginary haters. Uh, zombie Master, the uh, plenipotentiary of the uh, zombie nation. Uh, I don't know if he's a dictator or if they're still doing the elections or not. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we missed an opportunity with uh, uh, Seasons Beatings with Krampus instead of the Birch Branch. No. Birch Slap. Oh. <laughs> Bert slapped. Just got Bert slapped. Good call, Zombie Master. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Uh, and listener Danielle. Who? <laughs> Danielle. She's going to go by the name of Sissy. She <laughs> likes Sissy. Sissy. <laughs> um, uh, just catching up with our, our Bullstones and said, did Mark Soloff really just say my spunk is manna from heaven? Yes. Yes, he did. He sure did. And he meant it. So... Put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> Sissy. Or don't, because that's kind of gross. Yeah. Ooh, my bad. <laughs> Sissy. <laughs> and now. And now. We would like to get to some listener submitted spooky stories. Oh, the scariest tales, the sounds of the listener. What? Salamander. Salamanders. Spooky. Uh, going all the way back to Halloween when we didn't get around to, <laughs> to doing it. Uh, listener Jeff, one of our oldest and most trusted listeners. Yes. Sent us I a, agree with this. Sent us a story. And let's uh, let's get started, shall we? Do it. Make sure you put another log on that fire. Mm-hmm. Another Yule log. I mean, I just say I have a log. I mean, I don't have a log. Not the way you think I said I had a log. I there mean, I is. just. That's it. It's Christmas. <laughs> there he is. I got to do it. Jeff writes out of a personal experience he had one late evening. It was a summer weekend, and he just recently got back from a party. It was around 3 a.m., and he was just happy to get home. Got out of his car and fumbled with his keys trying to find the keyhole from the darkness. The house was silent and dark as he expected due to everyone being asleep already. He flicked on a switch and routinely removed his shoes before his jacket and made his way towards the staircase leading to the basement. Along the way, he flicked a switch to turn off the light that illuminated the vestibule (laughs) fancy, and turned on the light in the basement stairs. The dark never seemed to scare him, but for a moment, he felt a sudden uneasiness. He had a feeling that his little brother was trying to scare him and was suddenly on guard. Hey! He opened the basement door and looked around. He never turned the lights on in the basement because his room was so close to the stairs, but it was one of those evenings that maybe he should have. He stood still for a second, trying to find an anomaly in the dark. He did. Because of his eyesight not fully transitioning to the dark, he could only make up the shape of the anomaly. It was small, or rather, making itself small. His vision cleared up a bit, and he could see that it was crouching down, facing a corner of the wall. His shoulders relaxed as he thought it was his little brother, 
Something wasn't right, though. He, he was naked, and he didn't think that he was as skinny as the figure. What the hell are you doing naked, dude? He screamed at him while pacing towards the figure. The closer he got, the more he got worried, because every step he made, the more his head screamed, That's not your brother. No! He stopped about five feet away from the figure, and his eyesight had grown accustomed to the dark, and he could make out more details. The figure was bald, or rather balding. Tiny wisps of white hair protruded from the figure's scalp that seemed to reflect what little light there was in the room, and a pale skin illuminated much clearer than anything else in the room. He slowly stepped back when he confirmed that it definitely was not his brother. The figure trembled like a child who'd just finished crying. No noise came out of it, and he was too terrified and confused to scream. He slowly walked up the stairs, never turning his back to the door of the basement. That evening he slept in the car, and he still don't know what it was. He hasn't seen it since, and he is glad for that. Oh. He adds a little postscript here that he was... he. He, he had eaten a whole bag of mushrooms that night. <laughs> well, no, he says he, he was tired. He definitely didn't drink anything. Didn't say anything about mushrooms, but uh, might have just been one of those things that, uh, you know, people can't see very well when they keep the lights off, and maybe it was always there and just didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> All he knows is that he wasn't about to, about to risk turning the lights on to startle it. And he asks any idea what the hell it was. Haint. Haint. Gremlin? Haint. I don't know. Uh, I feel like it's, there. there's like parts of it that kind of tug at the back of my head, like, but not the whole picture. It doesn't all fit one bucket. Yeah. I'm going to go with, I'm going to, I'm going to go with a uh, spectral haint. Just a, just a just straight a, up haint. Just a, just a, a, a withered old ghost. Hmm. Blech. Crazy. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's, that's your, that's a, that's a, a spooky story. Mm-mm. Yeah. And he also adds that uh, he thinks the uh, Blurry Photos listeners should be called glaucoma patients. Nice, because they're all high. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you, Jeff. Thanks for writing that. Uh, That is definitely creepy and even more creepy that it happened to you. Oh, yeah. Those are always the creepier ones. So that's how we're starting off. Yeah. All right. I've got one. I got one from Lil Miss Bones. (laughs) Isn't she the Dickens? Look little out, Miss y'all. Bones. Little Miss Bones. At it again. The pretty little dress. Ribbons in her hair. That little red wagon. <laughs> Pulling all those bones in it. <laughs> You're going to get filthy. <laughs> Look out, Little Miss Bones. <laughs> uh, she's a big fan of the podcast. And uh, her and her husband both uh, and her friends. Wow. Thank you very much. Oh, she's yeah. sharing us around. And um, she got married on Halloween this year, which is pretty cool. I like oh, that. Oh, yeah. And uh, looking forward to celebrating their first Christmas. Yes. See that, everybody? Everybody, it's catching on. It's catching on. You get it on the ground floor. <laughs> uh, got a couple. Uh, she, get, get, she, we got a little uh, little bit of uh, some side dishes to the main spooky entree. Oh, really? How about a mundane superpower? Oh, nice appetizer. Oh. <laughs> X-ray vision, but only in public bathrooms. <laughs> that's, that's glorious. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, woof. Curse. Uh, the ability to run at superhuman speed, but only on treadmills. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, superhuman strength, but only when handling baby animals. Oh wow! <laughs> that's the uh, that's that's the, the mice uh, and men. Yeah, the mice and men, <laughs> yeah. men power. Oh, that's awesome! Wow. All right, enough with the funny haha. Now it's time for the uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for the scary tee. <laughs> uh, her story is entitled Flora, Puppy Love, from Little Miss Bound. Hmm. <laughs> 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 I just keep imagining like a black-haired Shirley Temple. (laughs) 8 p.m. That should do it for today, Jamie said, whilst letting out a deep breath and closing all the programs she had open on her computer. It had been a long week, and she was looking forward to the quiet weekend she had planned for herself while her housemate was away seeing his parents. With her busy job and the advertising company taking up most of the time during the week, she wanted nothing more than to just sleep all weekend. Once her computer screen dropped to black, she sat back in the seat and stretched her arms above her head. She let out a big, loud yawn and was instantly relieved to see the office office was empty as the noise resonated against the cubicle walls. Ready to go home, Jamie looked under her desk and gently nudged her service dog, Charlie, against his black leg with her foot. He was awake, but it was going to be hard to get him moving, as usual. Charlie had been with Jamie for almost five years. <laughs> Who's the service person here? Here, right? Am I right? Uh, Charlie had been with Jamie for almost five years and was more than comfortable being asleep under her desk in the office while she worked late into the night. Charlie was a seven-year-old pure black German shepherd who came into Jamie's life shortly after she had been discharged from the hospital following a near-fatal car accident. Jamie suffered from ongoing post-traumatic stress disorder, and the addition of Charlie into her life meant that she not only had a furry helper around the house, but also comfort whenever she needed it. When Charlie sensed anything was wrong with Jamie, he would immediately become attentive and provide her with reassuring licks on her hand. Jamie stood up, cracked her back, and started packing her desk for the evening. She put all of her pens in the pen holder and locked her desk drawers. With the turn of the desk key, Charlie let out a long groan and started preparing himself to leave as well by stretching out his legs and shaking his fur, scattering little black hairs all over the floor. She patted his ears, feeling the velvet fur roll through her fingers. He yawned and stared attentively. All right, let's go home, he said. It's a talking dog, No, she said. (laughs) The office was only a short walk from her home, but she didn't mind. The warm summer breeze and gradually fading sunlight encouraged her to take her time. She had the whole weekend ahead of her to relax, and she was was keen to unwind. As she began walking away from the office, she she took her hair out of the tight ponytail and ruffled her hair loose. Charlie gave a little shake himself and started towards home. About ten minutes into the walk, and many tree stops later, the night was almost completely upon Jamie and Charlie. The lights in the streets shone bright, with their home finally visible in the distance. Suddenly, the sound of broken glass came from behind them. Jamie turned quickly, the cal- uh, in the calm of the walk disintegrating. Flashbacks of the glass from her windshield shattering into her face, screeching tires, and the impact of the truck smashing into her car ran through her mind. Jamie stopped in her tracks, the cold feeling of fear instantly prickling over her skin. Feeling his leash holding him back, Charlie walked back towards Jamie, nudged against her legs as she stood there frozen on the spot, uh, and gave her hands a lick. Probably just someone overshooting their bins with their recycling, Jamie told herself. Uh, I'm okay, pup, let's get home, she said while giving him a reassuring and thankful pat on the head. Jamie couldn't shake the prickles from her skin for the rest of the short walk home. She knew it was probably nothing, but she couldn't help but feel unsure. No matter what it was, the sound of glass breaking was always something that set her on edge. 
as she continued to look over her shoulder. Stopping at the last curb before their block, Charlie sat obediently and, obediently and Jamie took another look over her shoulder. She could see other people walking their dogs and what looked like a person wearing a black hoodie walking on the opposite side of the street with a bottle of something in hand. Classy Friday night drinks, she thought to herself, as she watched the figure stumble and lean into a fence. The figure swigged from the bottle and brought their head down and immediately looked in Jamie's direction. It unnerved her how she couldn't see the person's face and quickly turned the key in it's the door. It's the devil. Devil baby. Devil baby. Watch out, it's the devil, it's the devil. Devil baby. It's, a, it's not like she's going to the dance, okay? That's where the devil is. Uh, she, it unnerved her that she couldn't see the person's face and she quickly turned the key in the door and let herself and Charlie inside. Jamie unclicked Charlie's leash from his harness and gave, his hair, uh, and gave the hair on his shoulders a scratch. He sat down and lifted his paw, requesting permission to be off duty. Jamie smiled, shaking his paw and passing Charlie his favorite stuffed bear to play with. It was already getting late in the evening, so Jamie went to the kitchen, put a frozen meal in the microwave, and poured herself a glass of Merlot. She closed the curtains throughout the house and served up Charlie's dinner in the kitchen just in time for the microwave to finish. While Charlie ate, Jamie set herself up in the lounge room and put on the TV, channel surfing while eating her food. Soon enough, Charlie was at her feet again. Her eyelids started to get heavy close to midnight, and after a few hours of relaxing on the couch, it was time for bed. She had a quick shower, brushed her teeth, and jumped under the covers. Charlie watched her calmly from the bedroom floor. Good night, Charlie. Sweet dreams, she said sleepily as she lay her head down on her pillows. Her hand fell to the side of the bed, and she felt the warm, reassuring licks once more as she dozed off. Jamie awoke with a start. Her eyes were wide open, her head still on the pillow, she, and her heart was racing. She felt a cold sweat all over her body under the duvet. It was still dark outside, and the lack of a clock in her room made it impossible to tell the time, although she could hear crickets. Was she dreaming? She could have sworn she was awoken by the sound of breaking glass. Panic set in as she tried to find the line between reality and dreaming. Her hand fell over the side of the bed where she had heard the familiar jingle of Charlie's name tag on the floorboards and felt the soft warm lick of his tongue on her hand. Feeling this, Jamie quickly fell back into unconsciousness. The next morning, Jamie awoke. The sun was beating through the dark curtains as she figured it had to be almost midday by the warmth of the room. She stretched in bed, stared at the ceiling, and decided to get up and spend the day on the couch with Charlie. She sat up on the edge of the bed and noticed something odd. Charlie's collar was sitting in the middle of the doorway to her room. Charlie, come here, boy. Nothing. Alarmed, she rose from her bed and quickly approached the collar. It had been cut off, roughly. Jamie's heart began racing. Holding the collar, her hand started shaking. Charlie? She called louder. Still nothing. She stepped out of her room into the hallway and looked around for Charlie. Did I shut the bathroom door last night? She thought to herself. Without hesitation, she rushed to the door, convinced that Charlie had locked himself inside by accident. Bursting through the bathroom door, Jamie let a series of horrified and pained screams. Charlie's severed head was hanging above her bathroom mirror, mouth open and tongue removed. Smeared in blood across the mirror was a message just for her. Humans can lick too. The end. Why, why did the dog have to die? Ugh. Poor Charlie. Yeah. Oh, that dog. Uh, wow, creepy. Super creepy. Thank you, Little Miss Bones. Little Miss Bones. Oh, licking lick all them bones in your little red wagon. <laughs> you got you got the idea from licking that chicken. Chicken licking. Chicken licking. Little Miss Bones. All right. Wow. So, yeah. what do you what do you got? Uh, uh, well, as promised, more licking. I, I'm more licking. More licking. I too have a story that 
I made up. I invented it myself. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, and this story is called apocryphally the attic. The attic. That's so weird. John and his wife Alice collapsed exhausted on the sofa in their in their brand new living room. It had been a long day of moving all their possessions into their new home. They didn't really necessarily want to move to Portland, but with John's work, it was too good an opportunity to pass up, and it forced them to buy a house faster than they would have liked. But the people they bought the house from seemed nice enough, and the price was lower than they expected to pay. And once they had all their possessions in, it already started to feel like a home. The days passed with the normal slow unpacking of all the boxes and things that they didn't even think they needed and couldn't believe they brought with them halfway across the country. One afternoon, as Alice was bringing boxes up to the attic area, she noticed something that she thought was more architectural than spooky. Every time she stepped into the attic, everything else seemed to get very quiet, as though the attic itself was insulated from the rest of the house. She noticed that even if her husband was in mid-conversation, the moment she entered the attic area, his voice dropped to about a quarter of the volume. She had him come up there, and he reported the same thing when she spoke from the bottom of the, of the ladder. Both thinking it was just a peculiarity of the house, they just laughed it off and moved on. <laughs> I said we're moving on. A week later, John was awoken by just the quietest sound in the night. So quiet, he wasn't entirely certain that he'd heard it himself. So he just laid in bed, still, listening to the sounds of the house settle. And then he was positive he heard the rattling of the, uh, of the attic door. Not loud, not violent, but he's certain that he heard it. He rolled over and nudged Alice, not wanting to go by himself. F*** that macho stuff. If something weird happened in the house, he wanted Alice with him. One time in a bar, she flipped out and broke a guy's nose. That's when he knew he loved her. She was not happy to be woken up, but the moment... So she broke his nose. So she broke his nose. (laughs) She was not happy to be woken up, but he told her just to lay still, and sure enough, a few seconds later, she also heard it. They both ventured out into the hallway and looked up at at the hatch that led to the attic. It was the old sort of attic where you pulled the ring and the the door would slide down with with the ladder sliding out of it, and just staring at it, nothing happened. John thought it would be hilarious to suddenly say boo. John got punched in the stomach. <laughs> Broke his stomach. Broke his stomach. <laughs> but it did diffuse the tension, because at that point, both of them were very nervous and weren't going to get back to sleep very easily. They turned around and started to make their way back to the bedroom when they heard it rattle again. They froze and slowly turned to look at the attic door. It didn't move at all, but then they heard something else entirely. Come in the At first, Alice almost punched John again, thinking he was messing with her. But when she turned and saw the look on his face, she realized that they had both heard the same thing. It's safe in the attic. Both of them stood frozen. They couldn't understand what they were hearing or what could be making it. It seemed to come from everywhere and nowhere. It was a sound that they couldn't pinpoint. They stood frozen for seconds, which dragged into minutes, and then nothing. No more rattling of the door, no more sounds. Realizing that there was no way in hell they were going to go back to sleep, they went down to the kitchen, made some coffee, and decided to talk about what the hell just happened. 
While they were both terrified, and neither of them considered themselves inclined to believe in ghosts, they clearly had just had an encounter with one. How would this affect their lives? Do they move out of the house? Do they stay in the house? Is this something that's going to happen all the time? Will it always be that quiet, or is it just going to get worse? Because no matter how you cut it, no matter what they say, a disembodied voice is going to keep people from sleeping. They contacted the old woman that they'd bought their house from, and left messages for her as well as emails, and got no response. While John was at his new job, Alice decided to to start to investigate the history of the house to see if maybe that would shed any light on what they'd heard. She'd heard enough really awesome ghost stories. (laughs) She'd heard enough ghost stories to know that there's always some record about a hundred people getting murdered or an axe lunatic that would always explain ghosts in a house. But unfortunately, the records on this house were extraordinarily complete. It wasn't even a very old house, 60 years, and nothing had ever happened there. It had had three previous owners, and all of them had been families, with no reports of anything. The devil. It's the devil. It's, it's the devil. Alice is the devil. She beats her husband. <laughs> Despite their misgivings, the house remained completely silent for days, which turned to weeks and even months. And they had almost just written the entire thing off as exhaustion from the move, or perhaps they had just drank some bad wine. Neither of them really believed that, but it's easier to say than to wonder what the ghost is in your house is going to do next. (laughs) It was eight months later when they were both awakened by a pounding noise, not from the attic, but from the downstairs. The first thought through both of their minds was, it was the ghost. But this was entirely different from what they'd experienced before. It was a loud, blunt noise. And a very strange part of John's mind was almost relieved to think, oh, we're just getting burglarized. John had always kept a baseball bat next to his bed ever since his college days. And the big game. (laughs) Against Midvale? (laughs) They rolled out of bed and he grabbed the bat. Thinking it over briefly, he handed it to Alice. (laughs) She looked at him questioningly and he urgently whispered, They're going to expect me to come at them. They'll never see it from you. They opened their bedroom door and made their way down the hallway. The repetitive pounding from downstairs hadn't stopped. But in the hallway, there was another sound. It was the attic door. Come into the attic. It's safe in the attic. Showing an uncharacteristic amount of calm, John grabbed Alice and said, Burglars first. And they made their way downstairs. The pounding sound was actually coming from the back door by the kitchen. There was a door that led under their back porch and also one that led downstairs into the basement. But it was evident before they'd even made it entirely through their kitchen, it was the basement door that was making all the noise. Something was pounding at it, forcefully and repetitively. It's too regular to be an animal. What the hell? Uh, John said. Alice motioned for him to get to the door and open it so that she could instantly hit whoever was on the other side with her bat. John said, why don't we just call the police? Alice said, we'll be dead by the time the police get here, which set off something of a brief argument between the two of them. The entire time, the pounding continued on the door, each time the door splintering a little bit more, getting slightly more loose in its frame. At first inaudible between their harsh whispered bickering and the pounding on the door, there was another sound in the kitchen, growing in volume. Come into the attic. Come into the attic. It was almost insistent, pleading. John positioned himself and started to reach for the doorknob. His hand was halfway to it when they heard a clatter from upstairs. They recognized the sound. It was the sound of the attic opening. Now, even louder, 
more insistent. It's safe in the attic. Come into the attic. They stared at each other for a moment, unsure as to what to do. Why was everything happening all at once? Alice briefly thought of grabbing John and just running out the front door. But they knew eventually they'd have to come back, and how would they even explain this to anyone? They had to know what was happening in order to deal with it. So she nudged John to open the door. She drew the baseball bat back. As John's hand was inches from the door, it gave way. And what was behind it wasn't anything she could recognize. It was a black mass that had been pushing on the entire door. It didn't have a definitive edge, it was just darkness. It just seemed to eat the light, anything that was shining upon it. There was no shadow, there was nothing. The door was thrown open with such force that it knocked John into the opposite wall, stunning him and knocking him over. Alice screamed and swung the baseball bat, but it just passed right through it, as there was nothing there at all. She tried to grab John, but he was was too stunned to stand. He, He couldn't understand what was happening, and he just kept saying, What? What? The shape from the basement was pouring out of the door like fog. A wisp of it fell across her hand and it burned. It burned like acid. She pulled her hand back with a scream and tried to grab John and to drag him out of the way. But he was too heavy and he was wedged in the doorframe. While she was screaming to try to get him to stand up, she heard the voice again. The loudest she'd ever heard it. Come into the attic. It's safe in the attic. Another tendril from the basement touched her leg. Blisters instantly appearing on her skin. She had to let John go and she ran. She bolted through the living room into the front door and found that she couldn't open it. It wasn't that the door was locked. The knob wouldn't even turn. It was simply fixed closed. She understood now that whatever was in the house was not going to let her leave. Alice was always a very pragmatic woman. She turned from the front door looking up the stairs to the second floor and could just see at the end of the hallway the open hatch to the attic. With no other options left, Alice decided to take her baseball bat up to the attic. As she moved up the stairs, she felt a lightning in her footsteps as though she was being helped towards the ladder. She made it up in half the time she would have normally, and the moment she was clear and in the attic, the ladder withdrew and the door closed. Then silence. The pounding downstairs had stopped. She waited for a few seconds, still nothing, and decided she had to go back for John. She tried to open the door, but just like the front door, it was just sealed. It wouldn't move. The hinges wouldn't rattle, the handle didn't make any noise, it was simply immovable. She screamed John's name for hours, until finally the adrenaline wore off and exhaustion overtook her. When she woke the next morning, the hatch opened easily. She went downstairs and found no sign of her husband. The door was still broken out, she still had blisters on her leg and hand, but there was no sign of John. She refused to go into the basement herself, so she called the police. They did a thorough search of the house and found nothing. In the days that followed, they'd even tried tracking down the previous owner of the home only to find that all the documents supplied by the previous owner had been falsified, and no one could find, no one, not even the neighbors could tell for sure who had lived there. The devil. The devil. As the investigation continued, one of the, one of the detectives, while searching the attic, found a single word carved in the wood of the attic. Sanctuary. Alice never spent another night in the house, and eventually abandoned it altogether. No sign was ever found of her husband, and she never had an explanation for it, except for the, the nagging belief that she should have just hit, they should have just gone to the attic when they were told to. A few months later, a couple looking for their first home ran across the ad of a kindly old woman. It was a nice house in a good neighborhood, and she was asking less than they'd anticipated having to pay. So they decided to take her up on the offer. 
the end. There you go. I wrote a I wrote a ghost story. Spooky. I don't know how Spooky. I feel about it. I'm not I'm not wild about it. It's not my thing. I actually that's the third story I wrote for this. I, I wrote two other stories and none of them turned out to be ghost stories at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, this one this one's definitely creepier than the other ones you you told yeah, me about. That's a little better. Um, not there yet though. I you you're way better at this, Flora. Your stories were awesome. Well, no. I I th- <laughs> I think you're you're harder on yourself than you need to be. Everybody is. I don't is. know why. Oh, God. All right. We've got one more here. Sweet. This is from listener Annie. Mm, she sounds hot. Back off. <laughs> <laughs> the story is called Boogity Boo. Boogity Boo. I'll scare your dad. <laughs> what do you want to do? Asked Brad. I'm a zoom, 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 and a boom, boom. <laughs> wow. And we're off. <laughs> I want to do whatever you want to do, responded Mary. Chris wanted to shoot himself listening to his best friend's turned couple bickering again. Luckily, at that moment, a spaceship crashed onto his farm. What the hell? exclaimed Brad. What was that? Mary said. What the f***, bro? <laughs> The three of them approached the spaceship cautiously. They all knew what it was, but felt stupid saying out loud. Wait, we probably shouldn't get too close, Mary warned. Come on, babe, don't... Chris didn't hear the rest of the conversation. He was very good at tuning them out. He slowly stepped over the debris. As he approached the ship, it felt very hot. He was sweating. He looked from left to right, but the entire outside of the ship was just smooth metal. There was no door handle or button, nothing to show an entrance. He pressed his hand on it, and it was surprisingly cool and liquidy. He pressed harder and felt his hand disappear into this weird metallic jello. Soon his whole arm was Uh, through. Metallic jello, jello, really great name for a band. (laughs) Soon his whole arm was through. He could feel that it was only a thin layer before being on the other side, So he took a couple of breaths, held his breath, and pushed his whole body into the ship. He could hear Mary and Brad yelling at him, but it got muffled on his way through. There was a faint greenish light, but it was dark, so it took his eyes a moment to adjust. While he waited for them to adjust, he became aware of the smell of chlorine and barbecue. (laughs) You know, chlorine and barbecue... His eyes started making out shapes. The inside looked surprisingly empty. No seats, no control boards, nothing to suggest the ability to make this vehicle fly. There were bodies, though. Five of them, all collapsed on the floor, completely still. Chris carefully approached the body closest to him. It sort of looked like a jellyfish and an orc from the Lord of the Rings movie had had a child. (laughs) It was big, but it also looked slimy and transparent. You could see all the organs and inner workings of the creature. Chris couldn't help but be struck how terribly still everything was, except a pool of blue liquid that continued to grow in the alien's chest. He slowly worked his way from one body to the next, making sure they were dead. There was no reason for him to know if this alien was actually alive or dead, but he knew, just like you know a person is dead and not sleeping. He could tell something was missing, Something was no longer there. He approached the last body. 
It was different than the other four. He guessed it was a female or, or the male or at least the gender that the others weren't. He knelt down and noticed that she was holding a much smaller body. She was trying to use her body as a shield to protect her child. Chris, Did it work? Chris started to cry. Brad was pissed off. He wanted to call the police, but Mary insisted it would be too late and made him go after Chris himself. They had yelled at him to stop, but Chris never listens. Brad pushed himself through the wall like he saw Chris do. Chris! Chris, let's get out of here. We should at least get gloves on and and a mask. You know this is how all the Native Americans died. Is the spaceship full of blankets? (laughs) Brad covered his face with his t-shirt. He didn't want to get whatever diseases these aliens were carrying. He saw Chris right in front of him, ignoring him like always. Don't make me drag you out of here, he yelled. Brad got right in front of Chris and noticed that his eyes were rolled back and his head was bent upward. He examined Chris a little longer and felt dumb for not noticing this right away. Chris was floating two inches off the ground. Oh, man. Mary was worried. She didn't know what to do in situations like this, or in situations in general. (laughs) Burn. She, She heard the strange gel sound the ship made as Brad pushed his way out of it. Chris is possessed by a dead alien. What? All the aliens on the ship are dead and one of them has possessed Chris. Or this farm is actually an ancient burial ground that was disturbed by the crash, but I doubt that. (laughs) Chris is possessed by an alien. Yes. What do we do? Find out next time on Blurry Photos Listener Mail what they do. Cliffhanger? It's a cliffhanger. Oh, what a punch in the balls. To be continued. (laughs) (laughs) Floating Chris. (laughs) Thank you, Annie. What happens to Chris? Uh, Will Brad and Mary (laughs) just get along? Yeah. (laughs) I think it's pretty clear that uh, Chris is into either Brad or Mary. Ooh. But not both. Wow. Not both. One or the other. Well, thank you everybody for yes. writing in. Thank you for for sticking with us time. for such a, a lengthy and delicious uh, addendum to our normal fare. That's right. I uh, hope this gets you through those uh, long nights. Yes, that's right. So I want to wish each and every one of you a very merry Christmas. Don't forget to hydrate appropriately. Keep your dinner light, and uh, it's not it's not shameful to have some snacks on hand and. Put some water next to the the bedside. Oh, yeah. You're going to need those things. And we will meet you on the other side of the Christmas holiday with our 100th episode. It's not overstating to say that your life will never be the same. (laughs) It's not understating to say nothing will ever be the same. It is the single greatest moment in human achievement. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll see what we can do for that. That's right. Uh, so please punch us Christmas style on the donate button. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, give us a five-star review on iTunes. That would be a great present, too. Uh, like us on the Faces book. Oh, what a fine present. Subscribe to us on the po- on the Twitters. Yep, that, that's a good present, too. Um, listen more than watch, but both, uh, on YouTube. Ooh, We've got a, the whole first season up there yeah, for you. Include the receipt with that one. Yep. And... <laughs> and uh, uh, a I, genuine, uh, heartfelt Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to all of you. Yeah, and um, it's been a great year, and you guys are the reason. Thank you. You guys are are the reason for the season, and uh, no, we hope reason, to be pleasing you for another. Yeah, the reason for the season, season is pleasing. <laughs> uh, 
I also uh, have put us on Tuned In. If oh. you like Tuned In Radio or, or you do anything on there, you can find us on there now. Just search our name. We're yeah. on there. And don't forget to go to audibletrial.com slash blurry photos oh. yep. to get yourself a free audiobook download. Our gift to you, which is a gift to us. Woo! Double gift. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening to, yes. uh, to this uh, supplemental. Happy Xmas. <laughs> You're all the best people. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>